Hi, I'm Megan. I'm Colin. And this is Pet Sitter Sitter Confessional. Confessional. An open and honest discussion about life as a pet sitter. Brought to you by Time to Pet and Pet Sitters International. Renee Nydick, owner of Day with Renee Dog Walking, is all about the human-animal connection and bond. Today, she talks about the importance of the three words that drive her business, passion, patience, and compassion. We have a really good conversation focused around authenticity, what it means to be honest with our clients, and how we as pet sitters can help build a mutually beneficial relationship between the client and their pet. Let's get started. It is a pleasure to be here today. My name is Renee Nydick. I have always had a deep love for animals and nature ever since I was the little girl. Um, So ever since I was a little girl, I just always knew that my purpose in life was to advocate for animals. And it was a field that I knew I wanted to go into. So I went to Harcum College in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, and I got my license there as a veterinary technician. And that led me to a job at um, the University of Pennsylvania at their veterinary hospital. And that's where I fell into oncology. And I now I have a specialty license in oncology. And it just has taken me many places. And now, you know, I moved to Seattle in 2015. And then, you know, after 17 years, I made a very difficult decision to leave. And I started my own pet care business a little over a year ago. That's really exciting. That's a really big move after so many years in the vet side of things. Why did you make that transition? Yeah, um, it was a hard decision, but I was suffering from burnout. And it it was bad. It was a very dark time for me going through that. And I tried very hard to stay in the field because at one time it was my passion. But I had to walk away to save my health. I mean, it got to the point that I was having physical symptoms. I was so burnt out. Um, You know, we went to Europe six months before I made the decision to start my business. And we were there for three weeks. And when we got back and I had to go back to work, I, it was bad. I, the day before I had to go back to work, I actually, went into like an anaphylactic reaction. (laughs) Um, I think I was that stressed. There wasn't that much going on. I just got back from vacation. I was in a good place, but I was that stressed that I really, my entire body was reacting to it. Mm. And I think that was a turning point for me. I was like, okay, I need to figure out my new path. So I'm a very spiritual person, and I always go inward when I'm in these times of crisis. And literally, it took a couple months, but I had a dream, and I woke up in the middle of the night. I sat up, and I whispered to myself, you are going to start your own pet care business. <laughs> and, that was, and that was that. There was no stopping me. Um, you know, a lot of people were like, you know, Renee, this might not be a good idea. And I said, nope. This is where I'm, it was my path. And 
I'm so glad I took this path because it changed my life. <laughs> yeah, I I love hearing that about, you know, how you still had this passion for animals and that you were still able to continue doing with that. So so what is it like now running running a pet business and how are you handling burnout now maybe differently than you were before? What kind of things are you setting up in place to to prevent that down the road? Absolutely. And it's something I think about all the time and that I worry about. The thing that is different from veterinary medicine and pet care is what I'm finding. My job previously, there was a lot of high emotion and I did oncology. So I was dealing with a lot of, you know, end of life care, which I do now, but it is different. I was in the veterinary setting. Um, I consider myself an empath. So I'm very um, sensitive to energies around me and stressful situations, I pick up on that energy and I kind of take it on as my own. And I think what got to me after it was 17 years was a cumulative effect of all of this stuff from 17 years. It just was too much. So now I, you know, I have not felt any sense of burnout yet, but I, I am thinking about it. So what I'm trying to do is make sure I'm taking the time off that I need to be taking off. Make sure that the relationships I'm cultivating with owners are trusting relationships and they're healthy. And in a lot of the pets I see now are healthy. They're not, they're not sick. It's fun for me. I'm on my own. I'm not interacting with as many people as I was previously. So it's less energy. It's all me and the pets, um, if that makes sense. It does. You're you're really you're meeting them at a very different stage in life. Most times, I know you still deal with end of life patients, but the vast majority of pets that are coming that that you're encountering aren't, uh, you know, at the end of life every single time. And so it's it's not just what I'm hearing is it wasn't just the the stress of the schedule or anything like that, but just this emotional being emotionally empty every single day because of. The, the kind of pets that you were interacting with. Absolutely. And there's so much about veterinary medicine that a lot of people don't know about. You know, there's just a lot going on there. It's stressful. Um, another thing that I think that really was a factor was a, veterinarians are paid on a commission base. And I don't know if a lot of people know that. Hmm. No, I, and, I, I didn't. <laughs> yeah. So you know, and most veterinarians, you know, 95% of veterinarians are not going to use that to make, alter their decisions that they make. Mm. But there have been a few instances for me where veterinarians are commission-based. So they use that to push things that maybe necessarily aren't required or needed. And when you see something like this happening in the veterinary world where it's filled with empathetic people who are all there for their love of animals, it really eats away at you. You see these things and you try to do what's best. And sometimes you don't win in that battle hmm. and you have to live with that and it eats away at you. And um, I just couldn't be a part of it. I just felt like, I wasn't giving back to animals as best as I could. And I can't change external factors. But one thing I could change was myself and remove myself from a situation. So I did. Yeah, no, that's huge. Just taking on that personal agency going, okay, like what, what, what do I have control over right now? Well, it's me. 
And uh, yep. now, <laughs> yeah. now on my own, right, I can make these calls. I can make these decisions. I can do things uh, the way that I have always wanted to maybe or, you know, in a new and different way than I was doing it before to give the kind of care that you really want them to have. A hundred percent. So after 17 years in being on the veterinary side, how, how is that? How has being a licensed vet tech helped you in your business? You know, it really has. And I have a story I'd like to share about how it has helped me. It wasn't, a, it's not a story with a happy ending, but it made a horrible situation better. I had a pet staying with me who I knew very well. And she was with me for about four days. And on the day that she was supposed to go home, she just seemed a little off. Something she ate her breakfast, she went out potty. She just seemed off to me. And I couldn't figure it out. So I checked her heart rate and her heart, and she was a larger dog, medium sized to larger breed dog. And her heart rate was 160, maybe 150, 160. Now, for a dog her size and how kind of dull she was, her heart rate I would have figured would have been anywhere between 60 and 80, maybe a resting heart rate. So when I felt that heart rate, I knew immediately something was really wrong. Um, so her owner was due to come back in a few hours. I was supposed to drop her off at her house and leave. And then her owner was going to be back. And I struggled. I'm like, I need to take her in. So I did. I got her to the veterinarian. Her temperature was 104.2, which is very high for a dog. It should be about 101 to 100 to about 101.5. She was very sick. And just the night before I had her at the park, she was running around, chasing ball. I was even sending her mom pictures of her, like, look at her. And in that short amount of time, she plummeted. Well, it turns out she had um, what we call a peri, we think was a perioneoplastic disease, which is a fancy way to say we think she had cancer in her bone marrow. Mm. And um, now that wasn't confirmed because her owner ultimately ended up deciding to euthanize. But because I got her to the veterinarian, her mom was able to get home and be with her to say her final goodbye. Now, this haunts me, and it's something that this is the first time I'm talking about this because this has haunted me. Because I keep thinking, if had I just taken her home and left her at home, there's a good possibility her owner could have came home to her pet dead. <laughs> and I checked a heart rate. That's what I did. All her other vitals seemed okay. So that's why I'm like, I am so fortunate for my degree and that this, my degree and my vet tech history led, has led me to this moment. Th- that's why. Yeah. You, you sit there and you think about all the, the what ifs and what could have happened, but knowing it turned out the reason it did because of your background and because of how attentive you were and the cues that you were looking into. And, and yeah, it is, it is crazy to think of just how quickly that turned. And it's a reminder that when we're taking care of pets, it's really much more than just coming in, throwing food, letting them go out to pee, and then leaving, right? It's paying yep. attention to all these little things and 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 be, being very attentive to them. Because you know, yes. one of the things that you started off with that I love this word. It's being an advocate for them. Is is 
that's what we are when we're in their midst, when we are taking care of them. We need to advocate for their health, for what they want to do, because they can't. They can't really tell you how they're feeling. And so being attentive and looking for these little signs helps you be a, a better advocate. Absolutely. A hundred percent. It's, you know, and they are stoic animals. I mean, I've seen animals coming into the veterinary hospital that should be in so much pain and you can't tell um, because they're just such stoic animals. And like you said, they can't verbally communicate to us. So we kind of have to rely on the nonverbal communication, which even in humans, I think that they say nonverbal communication is like 85% of our communication, even with humans. Um, so yeah, it's a very, it's a very interesting thing. You know, you mentioned there about your background in oncology. I was curious how you how you came into that field and started learning about that in the on the vet side. Yeah, you know, it's interesting because I I it found me. <laughs> I had I had no intention of going into oncology, but I did um a, like an internship at the veterinary hospital of the University of Pennsylvania. After my schooling, we're required to do this through that college. And I went through the oncology department there and they just kind of were like, we're hiring and we really want you. Would you, and I was just coming out of school. I didn't have a job. So I was like, absolutely. It was always my dream to work at a university. So I took the job, no problem, but it just, it really opened my doors and I just fell in love with oncology. I just, I love building relationships with people. Um, you know, I'm not very, I'm a very deep person. So dealing with deeper issues really fulfills me. And it just took off from there. And I spent from 2006 to 2000, when I left about a year ago, all in oncology. And before that, I did emergency medicine. Now, one thing that I kind of want to pick your brain and get your uh, take on was when uh, an owner gets a cancer diagnosis for their pet, you know, in, in particular, what makes that kind of diagnosis so, so impactful versus a, another kind of diagnosis? It, cause it changes everything in animal oncology. It's rare that we can cure something, you know, our main focus is on quality of life and most cancers are systemic, meaning they're throughout the entire body. Now, unless they have a localized tumor that can be removed and then they can go home and be done with it. But most of the time it's internal. It's, we have to give chemotherapy or radiation and the life expectancy in animals with cancer is a lot less than in humans. And so immediately when they hear that, they're already thinking, okay, my time is limited. You start to think about death. You know, I'm going chances are I'm going to lose my pet within the next week, couple weeks, months, or less than a year. It changes everything. I mean, just the day before life was great and now it's not, it's your main focus and it's so impactful. I mean, animals more and more, there are children, people, a lot of people don't, aren't having human children these days. So that your pets become your child. They're everything. They're a part of the family. How do you walk with a client or a pet owner through that kind of diagnosis, maybe understanding what's going on and the options that they have? Yeah, it's a lot because 
you know, when they first hear this, they're, they're in a fog and there's a lot of unknowns. So I think the best way to walk with your owner through the journey, I call it the journey because it is a journey from start to finish. It is a journey filled with a lot of emotions and a lot, a lot of grief and they're questioning all their decisions. So the best way to be there for them is to demonstrate empathy. And I think empathy and listening to them is what they really need. Um, you know, and for me personally, when I'm walking through my clients with this journey, just because of my history, I'm there for them emotionally, but I also have a knowledge base that I can help them, you know, decipher through. And even financially, they're given, a lot of times they're given, you know, two, three, four options, and they have these estimates (laughs) and it's expensive. So I help them guide them financially too. And I try to be a voice of reason to them because a lot of times, like I said, they have this feeling of guilt if they do something and it doesn't turn out or they just, there's a lot of guilt. So you have to just let them know they're doing the best they can with what they have. Just always being there and listening. Just about to say, it sounds like you're doing an awful lot of, of listening and, and, and advice whenever you can give it or you feel comfortable, but really letting them, them process and supporting them as, as best you can. Yeah. And the other thing I do is if I notice a subtle change in a pet that I'm caring for that has cancer, every subtle change I notice, I I communicate with the client because something very subtle can be very important or detrimental to the pet. So even just, you know, I'm very attentive to the pets with cancer more than so than the other because things can change in a second. Well, j- just like that story that you had told earlier about how how drastically um, that changed. So, so really paying paying as close attention as you possibly can. D- do you find that you work with a lot of dogs who have a cancer diagnosis? Um, do, do you try and do that specifically, or do people um, find you because of? of the background that you have. Yes, I do have a lot of pets with cancer and I do have a lot of people that refer to me for that reason. Mm. Even um, some of the hospitals in the area refer to me specifically to help their clients with emotional support because at the veterinary hospital, as much as they want to be there for their clients and give them that extra emotional support, sometimes they can't because they're busy you know, if they're seeing 10 to 15 cases a day, plus all their other tasks, they don't have time to sit on the phone for 30 minutes to an hour to discuss these things. So that's where I come in. And that's the part of my job that I've always loved. I wish at my old job, I could have sat there all day on the phone and talked to people. <laughs> and But I couldn't, I had a million other things to do. So it kind of it was hard. I wasn't able to give to my clients as much, but now I can, I can go sit with them in their home. Well, with COVID, (laughs) it's changed things a little bit, but we do the best we can. (laughs) But, you know, I can really be there for them now. Yeah. So. Yeah. That sounds like a a big, a big shift for you and uh, being able to do something that you've always wanted to do. And now you have a better opportunity to do it. Yeah. And I, I do do a lot of pets with special needs as well, without cancer, um, pets with other issues that they have. I, you know, I help with, 
or even, you know, I have pets that have anxiety, things like that. I just, I really am drawn to pets with special needs. I just really, I just understand them. And I like to work with them and build relationships and see them progress. It's just very fulfilling. Well, yeah, especially if you have that, you know, the background that you have and that desire that you've had for this long to be able to, to be able to go, okay, now I can help in new and different ways and I can tackle these on like in their home and deal with environmental things and deal with behavioral issues and concerns that pet parents may have and, and look at this a little bit more holistically maybe um, as, you, as you want. Yes, that's, that's exactly what a good point. The holistic approach is where I'd like to come in. Now, if someone's listening to this and maybe they have a client that has a cancer diagnosis, or maybe they don't have one yet, but they, they might, what is something that everyone can do to give better care to their clients that have cancer? Yeah, I would say allow your client to be vulnerable and allow yourself to be vulnerable and show your support. And also, I think it's important when people are going through difficult experiences, they're not themselves. So sometimes clients may react to things or they may react to things that they wouldn't normally react to. They're emotional. So I think it's important to not take things personally, which is so hard to do. <laughs> it is so hard to do to not, you know, understand that they're the way they react really has nothing to do with you. And that if they do overreact, I don't like that word, but if they do, most of the time they'll come back, they'll, they'll notice it and they'll come back and they'll apologize. And you just have to understand that, you know, they're in a fog, they're in a rough time. They're allowed to have emotions. Yeah. Yeah. They're going to have good days and they're going to have really, really bad days. And they might yeah. not even, they might not even know, know what, they're experiencing might not be able, as you mentioned that, you know, they're, they're in a fog. They're not going to know really what emotion they're experiencing at, at, at some days because of all of the, the stress and the fears and the anxieties that they have around, around the, their pet and that diagnosis. So just being able, being completely gracious and not mention, you know, as you said, don't take that personally, just go, okay, and move on because, you know, they're going through an awful lot. And we, we need to recognize that, that yes, the, the pet needs care too. But their owner is also needing a lot of grace and a lot of leeway because they're hurting as well. Yes, absolutely. Have you heard about Time to Pet? Dan from NYC Pooch has this to say. Time to Pet has been a total game changer for us. It's helped us streamline many aspects of our operation, from scheduling and communication to billing and customer management. Uh, we actually tested other pet sitting softwares in the past, but these other solutions were clunky and riddled with problems. Everything in Time to Pet has been so well thought out. It's intuitive, feature-rich, and it's always improving. If you are looking for new pet sitting software for your business, give Time to Pet a try. As a listener of Pet Sitter Confessional, you'll get 50% off your first three months when you sign up at timetopet.com slash confessional. Now, I also know that you use Reiki in your services. Tell us about that. Yes. So before I get into the Reiki, because even that is something newer to me, I I have been working with like natural healing energy work my whole life. I didn't even realize it. <laughs> it's just something I've all I've I've 
I, it's like I, ever since I was a little girl, I was always able to go into a room and just pick up on energies or, you know, see two people interacting and I can tell if there's tension or, um, you can just feel it. It's like when you, have you ever entered a room after there's been an argument, they're not arguing anymore, but you enter (laughs) and you can feel it. You're like that tension. Mm -hmm. That's the energy I'm talking about. And I think we all know what we're talking about. It's, and you see it in nature too. Even when you're out in nature with the trees blowing, it's this universal life force that exists everywhere. Pets have it. You can feel an energy from them. So I always had this since I was a little girl and I just always kind of felt like a weirdo because <laughs> I try to talk about it to people and they're like, no, <laughs> um, <laughs> we don't really understand what you're talking about. And I'm like, okay, so I kind of learned to suppress this about myself, the sensitive side of myself. Mm. I suppressed it because I just wasn't really, people weren't reacting to it like I'd hoped, or I didn't really find many people like me out there. So I suppressed it. But then as I got older and I started to become more into myself and, you know, loving myself, I, now I embrace it. It's like actually my superpower. It's got, it's gotten to me to where I am. I'm, you know, I'm an empathetic person. And then moving out to Seattle, I found there were a lot more people out here like me. Um, it's just kind of the culture here. That kind of culture just already existed here. So when I got out here, um, I took a Reiki class. I think it was about a year and a half or two ago. And I'm like, so basically Reiki is this universal life force. It's an energy healing. It's living in a way that promotes harmony with others. So basically you're offering energy for the body to heal. And the best way that I can explain it to you is how it was explained to me by my teacher was, you know, when you're, you stub your toe or you hit your knee and you're like, ow, and something hurts. And then the first thing you do is you put your hand on the spot that hurts, right? So that's Reiki. And that's exactly what it is. It's just this transfer of energy to the patient. It's more about being versus doing. Now, if that makes any sense to you, yes, yes, and no. But but what I you know, but putting in that terms, I've never heard it described as because it is it's instinctual. You you grab your own injured toe, like I stub my toe all the time. I am very clumsy. Just ask anybody who's <laughs> been around yeah. me. I'm constantly stubbing and bumping into things. So that's a very natural reaction is to grab it, hold it, massage it, and to hear that that's actually maybe the beginnings of this and then to take that next step and then be, you know, being with somebody else in that same way, um, or in this case, uh, uh, pets, uh, and how you're implementing it in your, in your practice. Yeah, absolutely. The, the kind of behind it is, have you ever heard the chakras in the body? Have you ever heard of those? The, they're like the chakras that lie in the body. Yes. Yeah. I don't know a whole lot about them, but I have heard of them. Well, there's this, so there, you know, according to this, there are chakras along the body and they hold energy. And so basically what you're doing is helping release that stored up energy and helping balance it. 
awareness of Reiki, which is basically a code of conduct. So it's not only the practice of Reiki that I was drawn to, but it's kind of the lifestyle of it. It's it's a healthy way of living, a balance. So you're better equipped to handle life. Um, so we have five precepts. They are do not for today only. So it's kind of living in the moment. You only focus on today. Don't worry about tomorrow. Don't worry about the past. For today only, do not anger, do not worry, be humble, be honest in your work, be compassionate to yourself and others. So it's just kind of this good mantra of a a better way of living, and it helps you get through the day. Well, yeah, as you said, like it's it's this this way of living that is to prepare yourself and your body and the energy that you have to better cope and be prepared for things that may happen in the future when imbalances come along. Yes. Now, how do you incorporate that into pet sitting? Well, actually, the way I incorporate it in the pet sitting is by focusing on myself. Because I am such a strong believer in that our energy is felt by the pets we deal with, I have to make sure that I'm in a balanced place while working with these pets. If I'm not balanced, because they pick up on our energy so easily, that's how they respond to it. I mean, I have a pet that I work with that I don't even speak with. I can just look at her and she knows she's so in tune. They're so intuitive animals. They know And so I have to make sure I'm balanced because if I'm not, they pick up on that and it affects their quality of life. So I do it by working on myself, making sure I'm balanced and I'm not always balanced. I'm not perfect. I have bad days. You know, I have moments, but I do my best every day. I really do. And, and sometimes I have a bad day and then I go be with a pet and I'm instantly feeling better. So it's it's working back and forth. Their energy helps me too. Yeah. yeah, I think we've all had those days where something's off. Like we, you know, that phrase, you know, woke up on the wrong side of the bed or we're, we're out of balance yeah. in some way and nothing goes right. None of the dogs behave. They're all reacting differently and kind of crazy, and, and but they're reacting to us. And I love, you know, that's a great reminder of the dogs are going to pets that you're taking care of. Are, are reacting to what we're bringing into their environment, into their world. And to be really, yeah. really super mindful of that, because that's yeah. going to set how that sit goes. That's going to set how that walk goes. And to really make sure that you know, we're taking care of ourselves so that we can um, give them the best care possible. Yeah. And you know, it's funny, you know, <laughs> you know how you said you're clumsy? Yes. <laughs> I I am very clumsy as well. And I actually just broke my toe the other week for the oh, second God. time this year <laughs> by stubbing it. And, you know, as a dog walker, I mean, we, we really need to be able to walk. <laughs> yeah. But it was interesting when I broke my toe, I was in pain. And I noticed that a lot of the animals I was caring for that week, I took one day off just so I could rest. But the rest of the week, I noticed when I enter a home, I take off my shoes and I noticed all of the pets were coming up to my toe. I, I think that they knew the one pet that was staying with me was constantly trying to lick my toe, Mm -hmm. the broken toe. And I was like, wow, they know, they know when we're in pain, they pick up on it. It's so, it's very cool. 
Yeah. Yeah. And that speaks to that, that two-sided relationship and trust that you're building as a pet sitter, as a dog walker, is that yeah. so, some days it feels like all we're doing is pouring into them and making sure that they're loved and secured and cared for. But it really is happening on both sides. They really are giving back so much, whether we notice it or not. And in particular, when you're injured, yeah, they do come up and sometimes they're like, <laughs> Again, really? And I'm like, yes, I stubbed my toe again. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's exactly how I feel. <laughs> <laughs> so this, um, you know, you mentioned that Reiki is, is a little bit more like a lifestyle. Is that something anybody can get into or learn more about? Or, or do you have to have always had these feelings of being a little bit more connected and empathetic growing up? No, anyone can do it. I do think there has to be some form of an interest there or a belief. Um, it's not it's not a religious thing at all. It can be you can have any religion and be into this. It's more of a spiritual thing, but yes, it is a connectedness to nature and animals. But anyone can do it who's interested. I just recommend that if you it's something you'd like to try, at least taking you know a Reiki level one course, and they're offered you know all over. But I would also do research to just make sure you're doing, you know, taking a class with a qualified person. I noticed that you had these three words on your website over and over, and I absolutely love them. So I want to ask you about them. Uh, you have the words passion, patience and compassion. How do those play into how you run your business? Yeah. So when I first started my business, I wanted to come up with my core values at that time, which have since changed. Can there be a maximum amount of core values you can have? Because <laughs> I've, I've since added a few, but it, at that time, at that time, it's, I, those are the ones that meant the most to me and they still do. But I, I chose passion because for the first time in a long time, I had passion back in my life. Mm. And I really wanted to give that back to my clients and the pets that I care for. And patience was something that I had lost um, in my career. I, because I was so overworked and overwhelmed and I wasn't in a good place, I didn't have near as much patience as I did. So it's something that I really wanted to incorporate and not only give to people, but work on myself. And I have done that. I've succeeded. I have way more patience than I did before. <laughs> and so I'm really proud of that. And compassion is just, I wanted to, I've never lost my compassion or empathy. And I wanted to be able to continue that. Now, those first two, you know, when you talk about your core values, how many can you have? I don't think there's a limit. I don't. Uh, sometimes it feels like everything's a core value. I must be, you know. But, right. But, um, but, you know, what I love about what you did there is you went, I just found my new passion. I want that to be at the center of my business. I just found and am working towards more patience. I want to put that, I want to purposefully and mindfully make that at the core of this new thing that I'm doing because I didn't have it before or it wasn't as easily accessible as it was previously. And so you're taking these things that you know you want, that you want to have and building from there. Yes, that's exactly right. And since then, I've added a few if you'd like to hear them. <laughs> yes, absolutely. <laughs> Um, I think, you know, and this is all stuff that I've learned just from being in the pet care business. 
trust. Trust is huge. Um, authenticity, transparency, loyalty, and honesty. Those, those, you know, I look at those words every day because I just want to do my best every day and make sure that I'm as a person and as a business owner, staying true to those as best as I possibly can. And, you know, I do expect it from my clients as well. And it just really, it, it really helps me personally. Well, yeah, when the, when the core of your business, you know, I heard recently of this phrase, you know, we run personal businesses, so make them personal, right? Like, so this is who you are, make your business the same way. So it's easier to run because it aligns with your beliefs and what you want out at the end of the day. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you also talk about cultivating relationship with pet owners. How do you do that? Yeah. So, you know, it takes time to secure confidence. It doesn't happen overnight. And I think the biggest thing is communication. I am always communicating with my clients and being as authentic as I can be and understanding that it takes time, energy, and attention to get to this place. And relationships, they're not always good. They're not. And it's about working through the hard times and coming out on the other side together mm-hmm. and doing it for the best interest of the pet. And that I think is so meaningful. And it's what I love about my job, or I don't even like calling it my job anymore because it just doesn't feel like a job. (laughs) Just, it's my way of living. And, you know, it's just, it's really special. Yeah. Well, and you used a word, a term there too, of, of, you know, of, of securing confidence in your clients. I, I really, really like the way that's phrased. A lot of times we say we need to build trust, but this phrase of securing the confidence of your clients in you, in your abilities, in the expectation that they have on you, securing that in your actions, in this open communication, in how you right. operate every single day. Yeah. I, I don't want my my clients to ever think I'm not a flawed human because I am, and I will make mistakes. And I don't want anyone to think I'm perfect, but I want them to know that in any given amount, any situation, I will always do what's best for the pet. And I'll, you know, use my intuition and my guidance to do that. And to hear my clients say to me, I trust you. It's the, it just fills my heart to hear those words. It's not something I've, you know, I've heard very often in the vet world, you know, Mm. and it's just, it's, I, yeah, I love hearing that. I trust you. It's, I just feel like it's such an accomplishment as a pet care provider. And it is, it it is absolutely a huge accomplishment when somebody who, you know, just moments before or maybe a week or two before was complete a complete stranger contacts you out of the blue to take care of their pet you go through your process and then you do this you cultivate these relationships secure their confidence and build the trust to months down the road and they're saying yeah i trust you i tr- I, yeah. I, impl- I implicitly trust you like yeah that, that is one of the biggest compliments i think anybody can ever give you as a person is when they say i trust you and to do that yep. through taking care of their pets is just, it just, it, it blows my mind every single time. 
Now, is that is that cultivating and building of relationships? Is that something you find easy, or have you had to work at that over the years? Well, I, I that's a hard question because it is. I have found it easy personally for me, but that does not mean it's void of hard work. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, is it's, it's. I find it easy, but it is. It's hard work and. But that's kind of the person I am. I don't, I've never really been someone who likes things that come easy to me. (laughs) I like, (laughs) I don't know if it's how I was raised, but I just, I really like to work hard at something and see the progress that has been made. It's, I think that is the most fulfilling part. Well, and I, I know I hear this phrase many, many times from, from pet sitters, from dog walkers. They, they say, I'm not a people person. I'm a pet person. I'm a dog person, right? So I, right. What, what advice would you give to the people who struggle to connect uh, their, with their clients? That's a good question because I kind of feel like you have to be a people person mm-hmm. um, because a lot of times our work with the animals may be easier, but it, we're also working with the clients. We're working for them, but they're a huge part of it. So. You know, I think that maybe if you're not a peep, you don't have to be like, I'm consider myself an introvert, although I'm an introvert extrovert, but it's just part of what we have to do. So you have to figure out the best way possible to make it work. Otherwise you won't have any clients, (laughs) (laughs) you know, (laughs) I don't think that I need them. The, the dogs, as soon as the dogs figure out how to dial the phone, we may have it. We may have an inroad, but until then, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but but it is so it is so true in that you you need to be at least a little bit of a people person so that you can have them on your team and you can be part of their team to care for their pet, especially especially you know thinking back to what we started out talking about when those when those diagnoses come in diagnoses come in that they don't want to hear about. When yeah. they have this bad news come in, if you're not a people person, like those are really hard to nav- navigate, and that trust and those relationships are hard to build at that point. So, taking some time to at least have a conversation, not necessarily about their dog, you know, or or something else, and and just letting them know that you're there and you're you're human too. Yes, and you know, another piece of advice I like to give is, I think. A lot of times it's best to try to do your best to attract your ideal client from before you've even met them by your social media, your web, your web page. I think you can, you know, people respond to authenticity. Just be who you are and you're going to attract the people that you want in your life. And I really feel that's how it works with clients too. I, I am just blown away by how awesome my clients are. Like I have not had to turn one client down. Like I, I love them all. And I really wholeheartedly mean that. And they're all different and that's okay. And that's what I love about it. But I, I feel like I'm doing a, an okay job at just attracting the people that I'm looking for. Yeah. Well, yeah. And on, you know, on that, like as you are advertising, as you're marketing, as you're posting messages out there, you know, remembering that you know put yourself in that put put your personality put your spin on those messages so that 
the people that are going to connect with that are going to connect with that. And you can, you'll be, you know, as you said, like, wow, like everyone around me is amazing. Wow. (laughs) Like we, we we all want that. You all want that. And so like, you know, I imagine like if you're a Star Wars fan, put some Star Wars stuff in your marketing. Or, you know, if you are a more holistic in health and in viewing of, of care, put that out there so that the clients who also enjoy that or also want that can find you easier and will have that instant connection. Yeah. And, you know, the clients who don't want that or are turned off by that won't come to me. And that's okay. You know, that is absolutely fine. I, you know, that's fine with me. If we're, if you think we're not a good fit, I'd rather you realize that in the beginning before you even contact me. (laughs) (laughs) You really really do. You really do. You know, uh, many people will say, I don't want to miss out on a single client. It's like, eh, yeah, actually you do. You do. Yeah. You don't Mm -hmm. want to take on everybody. One, because you don't have that many hours in a day. And two, some clients just are not going to be a good fit and that that's okay. And so using that messaging that you have out there to pre-filter them, let them filter themselves before they get to you and then have your own internal processes, but have that there so that you end up working with the most amazing clients every single day. Yeah. And it affects everything. It affects your happiness, their happiness, the care of the pet. And I think another important part of this is that my major goal in starting my business, I was not motivated by money at all. I mean, yeah, I need money to pay my bills and, you know, get groceries, but it was not a motivating factor for me. And I think that played out in a huge part of making my business great because it wasn't a driving factor. Money, if you do what you love and you're not focused on and you're not greedy, it will come to you naturally. And it has for me. It's come naturally, but it's just not a driving force. Are you a member of Pet Sitters International? PSI is the largest educational association for professional pet sitters and dog walkers with a mission to promote pet sitting excellence through education. After the tumultuous past year, having the support of a strong community and direct access to educational resources and business tools is more important than ever before as we rebuild our businesses in 2021. PSI is here to help with a free monthly member toolkit, monthly bonus resources, online trainings, private member group, and more combined with group rates on insurance and background checks. PSI is the one-stop shop for everything we need for our pet sitting and dog walking businesses. As an educational association, PSI believes that if you know better, you'll do better and invites you to join thousands of other like-minded professionals who are committed to offering the best possible pet care services and elevating our industry. If that sounds like you, visit PetSit.com to learn more. Our listeners can also save $15 off your first year membership by using the promo code PSC15 at checkout. You also have this other great quote on your website that I want to dive into a little bit here. Um, I'll read it. It says, The human-animal bond is a mutually beneficial and spirited relationship that influences the health and well-being of both. I would love for you to tell us more about how pet sitters can help with that process and make that a a better relationship. Yeah, so animals, I'll talk about how they help us because I do think that they help us more. (laughs) You know, their needs are very simple, but our needs tend to be a little more complex. 
But pets enrich our lives. They really do. They help us emotionally. They help alleviate stress. They help with depression. They encourage us to be active. And they help with loneliness. So there's this physical aspect that they're helping us with, spiritual, emotional. You know, you have a bad day, you come home and you see your pet and you're instantly happy. I mean, they're healing us. And at the same time, you know, we heal them too by giving them the needs that they need, by feeding them, walking them, taking them places. So it is this mutual relationship that really helps both. And I really, I say this all the time, you'll see it all over my Instagram, that pets truly are our teachers and healers. Mm -hmm. I know for me personally, they really help me live a a more simple life because they're so simple. They're not, you know, polluted with all the things that we go through as humans, those complex emotions, money, greed, power, none of that. They just live every day so simple. And I really learned from that. It is a it is a really good reminder of like of of what ultimately is important in life and in this world. And to be surrounded and interacting with pets that are experiencing that and are living in the the, the simplified, stripped down, not necessarily basic, but um, I guess fundamental way of approaching the world is a great is a great way to to be grounded in that. And so as as pet sitters, how can we help the owners build that bond with their pet? Yeah, so I actually spoke with some of my clients about this because I I just it's a question that I was having trouble answering myself. So I asked some of my clients, you know, how does having a pet sitter or having me in your life, build on your bond with your pet. And I received, I asked three people and I received three very different answers. And it was very enlightening for me because it was things I didn't expect. So my one client said, explained it to me, like he said, you know, growing up, he always admired his baseball coach. And he said, I kind of look at you as a coach to my pet. You teach him things that I can't. You show him new perspectives. You bring a new energy to our relationship by just being in our pack. And I really thought that was really, it was just a cool way to look at things. And then another person said that, you know, I help exercise her pet. So her, you know, she's busy. She works very long hours. So when she gets home, it's easier for her to bond with a pet who's been exercised because they're not, you know, causing trouble. And then a third client of mine said that um, I help being in her life with her pet. I actually help her with her own self-care because she has a pet with special needs. So I can take the dog out of her home so she can work on herself during that time when I'm with her dog. So she's in a much calmer place to handle her pet that has special needs. Yeah. So that is really cool. I love all of those. Uh, and I think <laughs> it's just, I'm standing here just in awe listening to people describe this because, yeah, like you don't think about that. You don't really. As the pet sitter, many times we can get into the mindset of, 
yes, I, I know that I'm investing a lot into the pet and I'm taking care of the client, but then thinking back to that connection between the pet and its owner and going, yeah, what, it, what, what's going on there? And to hear people are going, yeah, I've got more time for self-care so that the time that I do yeah. spend with my pet is much more enjoyable for both of us. And then my dog's not as energetic <laughs> so, so that I can, you know, we can, we can yeah. bond that way. Right. <laughs> and then this other one of, of, you know, that first one going, I, I'm able to bond with my pet because of all the work that you're doing and, and teaching him and guiding him. And, and he's a better dog for that. He's a better pet for that. So I can, I bet I have a better connection with that. And it's just, I, I really think that that, that practice, you know, so listeners out there, if you haven't asked your clients how you help them, do that. Do that for those bad days that come up, those really tough days as a reminder, or just to see new ways that you can help them in the future. And I just, I'm, I'm blown away by those responses and I, I love every single one of those. Yeah, it's a very good question. And it really helped me as a pet care provider. And now because of asking these questions, I'm like, I want to do more of this. (laughs) I want to, you know, get more input from them because they're always very honest and all, you know, and yeah, it really helps me better care for their pet. Mm -hmm. So again, it's just all of us working together for the best interest of the pet. And we kind of all become a little family in a way. You know, just yesterday I was with a client and um, she, we were sitting, we were just, it was an emotional conversation we were having. And she just, you know, told me, she said, Renee, you were meant to be in our lives. And I just feel that way. And she just wanted to let me know that, that, you know, having me in her life has just helped her deal with a lot of stuff. And it was just so nice to hear that, you know, and it makes me want to do better and do what I keep doing what I doing. I feel like I have a purpose and it's working and I'm helping and I don't, you can't ask for anything more than that. No, you, you really, you really can't, you really can't ask for any more than to know your purpose and be working in your purpose every single day and to know and to hear, get, get that feedback from clients going, I am making a difference, right? Like, uh, they do see that. They do recognize that. Like that, that is so uplifting and so wonderful to, to hear. Just yes, as a business, but also just as a per- at that personal level to to get that kind of passion and compassion given to you, knowing that you're giving that out every day to have it return. It's just it, it's 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 mind ch- it's it's world changing. I guess it is. It really is. It, I agree. It's world changing. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, it is. It is something that um, I think we can discount many times and can get lost in the mundane little things of, of running a business and making sure we're meeting things on schedule and can lose sight of some of these bigger pictures. Yes, I agree. Renee, this has been a wonderful, wonderful conversation. I have really enjoyed hearing about your journey from the, the licensed uh, veterinary tech side of things into uh, the the holistic approach and the compassion that you're bringing to your clients and their pets. I've really enjoyed this conversation. Thank you so much for coming on today. If people want to get connected and learn more and, and pick your brain on other topics, how best can they do that? If you'd like to contact me, the best way to contact me is through my Instagram, which is Day with Renee. You can send me a direct message, or you can email me at Day with Renee at gmail.com. 
And please feel free to check out my website, www.daywithrenee.com. Awesome. And I'll include links to those in the show notes. People can click right through those and also on our website too. Renee, this has been a real pleasure. Thank you so much. Thank you. I really appreciate you and everything you do. And I'm very thankful for you allowing me to share my story today. My conversation with Renee really helped me think about what are the core values that Megan and I hold dear and stick to and live out in our business. It helped me see new ways of thinking through how exactly we can secure the confidence in our clients through those core values and not just not just having them on some dusty old shelf, but actually living and working them out in our business and in our lives and how we interact with others and the clients and the real importance that that role plays. That phrase secure with confidence has stuck with me ever since this conversation, not just building it, but securing it, locking it in place and making it immovable through our actions. And because of that, not being afraid to ask them, how have I helped you? I know that sounds really corny, but there are days where we just don't feel like we're really making a difference or we don't know exactly how we're helping other people. Trust and know that you are helping. You are making a difference in people's lives. You are improving not just the pet's life, but the owner's life. And you're helping them have a better relationship with their pet. So ask them. Ask them to be honest and then take that feedback and incorporate it into how you operate and new services that you could offer or new connections that you can make in the community and help build people up. We want to thank our sponsors, Time to Pet and Pet Sitters International. Thank you so much for listening and we really do wish you all the best and we'll be back again soon.